the point of raising kids is not to teach them to pick up fruit and hang it on their trees. It's for fruit to grow out of them. This concept of, of getting your kids to just behave and put on the facade and look good is like you're hanging fruit on your branches and saying, see, you know, I've, I look good and I have this fruit and it's like, but that's just going to rot and fall away, right? We have to make this come from their hearts. Hi, I'm Courtney. And I'm John. And this is On the Door Frames. Okay, today let's dive into the concept of sibling relationships and teaching children how to talk to each other, how to interact with each other in a loving way. One of the things that I receive a lot of messages about is actually not something that I, sh- I share on purpose per se, but just something that's as I, as I'll show just like little to 15 second story clips on my Instagram of just life. I, I'll get a lot of people that say things like, Oh, look, your boys are so sweet to your baby or your kids are so sweet to each other. I'll share things that they say and people will say, how do you get them to do that? Mm-hmm, and right. that's kind of the question is, it's like, what are, what are you doing that is, um, that's promoting that or causing that or that you're rewarding or that you're disciplining or whatever that's causing that type of behavior in your kids? Right. I think, um, you know, people ask, like, how do your kids... Like, why do your kids like each other so much, right? Why does it seem like they really love each other, like each other, and want to be around each other? And, um, you know, uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that's a great topic. I think let's dive in and and talk about what is it that we think um, makes that difference. I think it's, it's such an interesting thing because our culture has accepted as normal a level of non-relationship between siblings that I find so tragic because these are people that were handpicked and chosen and designed Mm. to be a part of our development. And there's so much purpose in that. It's not an accident. They're not random roommates that we deal with for the first 18 years of our lives. (laughs) And... It's like, oh, I wish I'd gotten a different one kind of a thing. And I I feel like my thoughts on this just go all the way back to my own childhood. And I know yours do too, with our parents just speaking purpose over the fact Mm -hmm. that we had siblings and that we were in relationship with those siblings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that it does. I think about my childhood and we didn't really accept that. Uh, we had to have bad sibling relationships. We, we weren't okay with the fact that, you know, like you saw in all the TV shows and things like that, that it was okay to be mean to your siblings, to say awful things to them, to treat them badly, to, you know, to fight just all of those things. Um, you know, our, our parents instilled in us this idea that we could love our siblings and, you know, we live together and those are relationships that are going to be with you through your entire life. Friends will come and go, you know, the saying friends will come and go families forever. It, it, it can be very true. And those can be some of the, 
the richest relationships you have in your life. And, you know, we, we were not taught to settle for the status quo of just you go through your young years just being awful to your siblings, right? Yeah. And honestly, if we want to give our kids a good quality of life, then why would we want them to settle for that? That's mm. going to be so much of their childhood. I want something so much different regardless of what happens in the future and where they all end up. I just want something so different while they're at home. I want there to be joy and friendship and all of those things, fruit coming out of those relationships. And I'm so grateful for my siblings. It was very imperfect because we're all imperfect human beings, but I'm so grateful for everything I learned doing life alongside them from their differences and from our similarities and the shared experiences and all of that. And so I, I remember my dad telling me a lot as a kid that he wanted to see us do it differently than he felt he did it. Mm -hmm. And he's still close to his siblings today, but I think he felt he could have done that so differently as the oldest when he was at home. And so he really worked to tell us that and tell us, he said, look ahead, think about this, think about the outcome that you want. And give us just that long-term view instead of the short term of that moment and what I'm thinking and feeling and how upset I am. And, you know, my mom would always talk about life and death or in the power of the tongue mm -hmm. and those things that you yeah. hear repeated yep. over and over to yourself a as a child. <laughs> and I will never get that out of my brain yeah. because yeah. my mom was good enough and, and loved me enough to repeatedly put that in there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, I want, I just, this is the training ground for mm. all future relationships. Mm -hmm. yep. That's incredibly powerful. This is not survivor. This is not who's the biggest, the loudest, the baddest. This is not, oh, these people that you deal with until you don't have to. This is literally the shaping of what your relationships are going to look like for the rest of your life. Why are we not taking this so seriously? Mm, yeah. You know, and it's not, it's not that we don't fight, right? I mean, right. we had plenty of fights with our siblings growing up. Right. Our kids, you know, it feels like we're always, right. you know, breaking Having things up. conversations. But man, it is, it is that training ground of like, hey, you, you treat everyone with respect. You treat everyone with love. You don't get a pass because you live with people. It, it, it's almost like we have this weird. Oh, when when you're out there with other relationships, be kind. Be kind to them, and and you know, you don't want them to think we're weird or, be inclusive or like you know to the people yeah, who don't have someone. Totally. But then at home, it all it all goes away. It's like, man, that that should not be that way, right? No. We we should treat the ones that we live with and we love. Um, and, and that we will be with for so many years, like you're saying with the most respect, and this is setting the groundwork for our, our spouses, uh, you know, yeah. uh, um, how as parents, we're going to treat our kids. Yes. And, and I think that really, you know, this cycle of, of allowing these relationships to just, I guess, 
I, I guess sometimes we feel like we don't have to work hard mm-hmm. as hard at the relationships in our home because they're just default relationships yeah. than we do with people that we meet down the road. Right. Yeah. And, you know, cause um, those people have the option to leave. Right. And right. so we have to work hard to right. keep them. Exactly. But we're like, ah, oh, these people always be around so we don't have to work hard. And that is just bad thinking. And, and that's where we don't have any fruit in those relationships right. and they don't bring us joy and yes. they don't bring us the things that we want in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that then again, like you said, turns around and it, we see that in the future in our marriages. Yes. Because we will grow tired of people, right? Yeah. And, and we have to learn how to push past that. And we have to see people not only in the ways they frustrate us, but, but I think what we've seen in our kids and even in our parents teaching us this is, is we learn to look at people the way God looks at people. Yes. We see them and their gifts and their potential and everything that he's created them to be. And we can now look at them in, in see how they grow, you know, help call things out of them. Mm -hmm. And I think that perspective shift is so important Yeah, because we stop looking at someone and saying, Oh, you just make me mad all the time because you do that or because you're different than me in this way. And we start seeing them differently and say, Oh man, you know, I think about Levi and he's so passionate and and so much wants justice, right? Mm-hmm. And and that often turns into a lot of anger and emotion when he gets upset. But man, you see that gift and how yes. he's going to be such a strong leader and he's going to fight for people. I mean, and, and I, I think we, and you and I have, have told that to our other kids and yes. say, hey, I know right now this is a uh, kind of rough, underdeveloped, underdeveloped, yeah. right? And he gets on your last nerves, and he is ready for a fight. He's a ready shoot aim kind of guy, right? Um, but man, we we have as parents um, such a responsibility to develop that, yes, and and to help our other kids see that, and to help him see that in himself, and yes. direct that to the things that are going to help him build really deep, strong relationships down the road. Yes, it, it nothing in our lives is disconnected, mm. and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes we make is thinking. I can be completely undisciplined in this one area and then thrive over here. It's just mm. not true. Yeah. Yeah. It's all holistic. It all works together. And ev- an area where you don't put in the work is going to bleed into your future. And another thing that I remember just constantly being told as a child was obviously the concepts of we love each other and we're kind to each other. And I'm doing these things for the sake of my siblings. But I was also told your siblings were purposefully designed Mm. and put with you to sharpen you and to take away things that don't need to be there Mm -hmm. and to teach you things that do need to be there. I was told that repeatedly. (laughs) So I had a vision for not just loving them like Jesus loves me, but I had a vision for what I was gaining as Mm -hmm. well. Not only the relationship, but I was gaining becoming a better person 
by being in relationship with people that at times it was hard to be in relationship with or people that just were seeing it differently than I Mm -hmm. was. I was taught to view that as a positive and not a negative. And that has shaped me Mm -hmm. in major ways because I was hearing that so young. Yeah, I didn't see differences in, in our perspectives as just a an overcomable obstacle that meant I should be spending time with someone else. Right. It was a way that I could grow and learn. Yeah. I mean, what a great classroom environment, right? To, to have these people in your life that you didn't choose to be there, but, um, and, and you can allow them to get on your every last nerve, or if you learn how to interact with and respect and love and get along with someone that you see so different, that you're so different from, and you don't mm-hmm. see eye to eye when you're young, man, you have such a leg up as you go out because you're going to work with people. You're going to have to deal with people all throughout your life that you don't get along with and you don't know, you don't really want to be around but, but you just have to be. And so we have an opportunity as parents to view these relationships in that context. And then, I mean, that, that shifts everything, yeah. right? I think that idea of we have to see these situations differently. Yes. We have to see, um, you know, what is really at stake and take it seriously and say, man, we have such an opportunity to help our kids get so much further down the road, right? We, we talk about, we raise our ceiling and that ceiling becomes our kid's floor, mm-hmm. right? And so this is such an area that we can raise that ceiling in so that our kids go out and they've dealt with having so relationships, lots of things, and they can go out and, you know, navigate this world in a way that makes them um, just an incredible person to be around. And, and, and I think it's, it's just, that's so rooted in love. Right. Yes. And and we want our kids to see everyone, um, just in a loving way. Your marriage relationship should not be the first time you've stuck it out with someone. Right. That's a, <laughs> totally. that's a rough go yeah. to, for that to be the first yeah. time you've experienced yeah, that. I remember true. when we got married, cause I was one of six siblings So there were eight people in my house and I remember we got married and it was funny because I had friends that were like, man, this stuff is hard. And I was like, are you serious? There's only one person to think about. (laughs) This is like the easiest thing ever. (laughs) And he eats everything I feed him and it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But it it was because I, yeah, it just, there's a training ground there and as believers, and there should just be so much purpose in everything that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Nothing is wasted. Yeah. No relationship is not of value and purpose. Even the hardest ones, no experience, no trial, nothing. It's all there mm-hmm. for our good and all there for our growth and all there in this process of, of becoming more like the one that we love. Yeah. And so... I think giving our children a vision for that is an incredible start. Mm-hmm. And I think once they understand the purpose, all of us, all of us struggle to just deal with our behaviors mm-hmm. if we don't have a purpose for that. Right. And the, unfortunately, so much in child rearing, what you see is a lot of behavior control, which mm. is obviously something 
we'll end up talking about a ton because mm-hmm. it's something we're so passionate about. Right. It's not really what we see as a, a fruitful way to do mm-hmm. child training because what you what we want is to cast a vision for their life and their purpose and their walk. And then out of that behaviors are fruits of that. Right. And so this is like everything else. Mm -hmm. Their words to their siblings, their interactions with them are fruit. Um, I do feel like that when I start seeing and hearing things that I go, Whoa, check what's going on here. The first question, I think it's a pretty short list of questions that I start asking, but obviously first it's like, am I communicating that purpose? Do they have that purpose? Does that need to be reminded? And I feel like in every conversation where we get on to mm-hmm. children who are fighting and start kind of, it starts with, do you remember the purpose right. of this relationship? Let me remind you why do we're doing you this. Do you remember that God created this person? Do you remember that God created you? Do you remember that you're different? It's, it's just, I mm-hmm. mean, it, I think people would just be the repetition of parenting is honestly where you win or lose. Yeah. I mean, and just as people, we, we forget something, we forget things so quickly, right? Yes. And we have to constantly be reminded of truth and about that most things are way bigger than we're currently focusing in on. Right. And, and I think, I think that's the thing is this perspective has to be it's so much bigger than just these little moments, right? And we have to give them that vision for, hey, this is more than just, you know, somebody took your quarter, you know what I mean? And you're mad, like it's, there's so much more there. And, you know, back to your analogy of uh, the fruit, right? Is is we talk about this so much is, is, you know, the point of raising kids is not to teach them to pick up fruit and hang it on their trees. It's, it's for fruit to grow out of them, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think this, this concept of, of getting your kids to just behave and, and, and put on the facade and look good is like you're hanging fruit on your branches and saying, see, you know, I've, I look good and I have this fruit. And it's like, but that's just going to rot and fall away, right. right? We have to make this come from their hearts, it has to be rooted in love and we have to, so that that, that fruit can grow out of them and continue and to continue be to go and produce and, and get bigger and riper. And, and I think that is the, that is the thing I keep in my head is, is like, man, we're not measuring. Did they do that the way that I told them to do it? We're measuring. We see things all the time and it's like, man, that came out of his heart, right? Mm-hmm. Or that came out of her heart. Like they love those people or they saw a need and, and you start to see that happen, mm-hmm. which is so rewarding as a parent, right? right? It's it. And it, again, over and over again, you see with parenting, it is the hard, long road mm. That leads to the long-term results. Mm -hmm. The quick fixes lead to quick burn Mm -hmm. results. And it is hard. And it is tiring. (laughs) And it takes consistency. And I think that leads into kind of what the question that I always start asking myself, if, if we've communicated the purpose and I'm still seeing things, is how am I Mm -hmm. speaking to my children? Right. Yeah. What are they hearing? Because you don't 
really honestly teach kids how to treat other people, you show them. Yes. It is a hundred percent what they are seeing and they will repeat what they are seeing. There's just not a way around that. Right. What they're seeing and they're hearing will become what's, what goes in is what comes out. It's just a, a principle of life. And even as adults, we do the same thing and mm. we have, we are much more, um, prone to that than we think we right, are to, right. to having the things come out of us that are what we're putting yeah. in around us. Yeah. Um, but I, so I, my question always goes, turns into me first. Yeah. What, how are they hearing me talk? What am I saying? What are my tones? Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the one that I see the most often is maybe I'm very careful with the words because that's been so drilled in me for so long and modeled for me. Um, but then I will catch myself tired and weary and all of the things. And it's my tone that Mm. will really start to change. And then I will hear their tone start Mm -hmm. to change. And it's like this gradual slide down a hill until you don't realize how it is that, and how that's just wearing on the hearts of the people around us. And so I think that it's so important that we start there and not from like a guilt or a shame. Oh, woe yeah. is me. I blew it. And now mm-hmm. my kids are messed up and all. Right. no, but it's just how it is. Right. Like they are going to model what we do. And it doesn't matter if you've been doing it all along or if tomorrow's day one, mm-hmm. you can start the shift towards something yep. different. That's yep. the beautiful part of it. And I know for so many people that are maybe listening to this, um, it's not what you heard. It's mm-hmm. not what was planted in you. It's not what you were shown. It's not what you've had modeled. It's not, uh, it's not been in front of you. It is foreign and it is hard and it does not come naturally in any way, shape or form. It is an uphill battle, mm. but it is a hundred percent possible because the epically powerful love and work of the Holy spirit is there and available to be the thing that is spoken into you. And the more that you are leaning into his truth and his words and the way that he speaks over us, the more that is what will flow out. But the world is not going to put that into us. (laughs) They're going to put into us, you know, eat or be eaten, Mm -hmm. say, all the things you think it's your truth, get it out there, you know, and like all of these types of things, right. Just all of these things that, um, that are constantly said and it's a deal of, you've got to express all that Mm. and all of those types of things. And it just leads to this vicious cycle of hurt. Well, and and it's, it's not that we repress our kids and say, you can't, I mean, we have, we have some pretty crazy epic conversations with our kids. Right. Um, very, uh, very, um, emotional. emotional and passionate, yes. right? Uh, we we allow our kids to express what's in their heart. They express their frustration, but mm-hmm. there's a way to do that in a loving way. Yes, there's a way to do that in a non-combative, in a non-abusive way. Yes, and that's what we're teaching is like, how do you express yourself? How do you get what's in your heart out? <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we all have those frustrations, and and you know when we're kids. And we're not taught or shown how to do that in a loving, right. respectful way. 
we're just going to do it in the way that is is default built into mm-hmm. us, which is not good, right? It's not going to turn out it's well. It's not going to go well. And so this is what we do as parents is say, hey, I am going to teach you how to do this in a loving way, um, you know, from the time you're young. And, but, but like you're saying, even, even if you don't start young, right. It's like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. Right. right? So that will start to grow. It's never too late and you can start and those patterns can change really quickly, but the way they change is first by us changing, yes. right? If we if we say to our kids, you have to treat people with love and respect and you can talk to them this way, but then we go off on them when they do when they make us mad or they they do something that we told them not to do or we are having a hard day and we're just frustrated and we take it out on them. And they're brats and rug rats. Yeah, we call them names. All of the kinds yeah. of things, but no, you can't call your sister <laughs> right. a name. Right. I mean, the double standard of that, why in the world would we expect our kids' behavior to look any different? Right, right. It's that double standard has to end if we want a different result. We have to hold ourselves to a higher standard Mm -hmm. than our children, (laughs) not a lower standard than our children. And the one who wins is not the one who blusters and yells the Mm. loudest and calls the dirtiest names. Yes, that's bullying, right? It is, and it's cowardly. The one who wins is the one who keeps their calm, Mm. the one who thinks clearly, the one who learns the actual words for what they're wanting Mm. to say instead of the cop-out name that means they don't have to put in the mental energy to actually express themselves. And that's what I think our kids, I see them learning is, yes, it's faster to call a name mm-hmm. and get and just blurt out my emotion or hit or whatever but I'm they're already seeing the long-term results of learning how to express mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And it takes work and it takes skill. I spend a significant amount of time honing my skills of communication, learning, reading, learning about personalities, learning about all those things so I can stay ahead, yeah. so I can learn and I can teach my kids and I can give them tools because it matters. And I, I, I'm not just going to sit back and say what I know is good enough. Mm-hmm. Like This is very important. Yep. And so it's a constant process of leaning into learning more about how to do that. Um, and, you know, the the less that we've learned, the more we have to learn, but let's, let's get Mm -hmm. moving and let's start that change. And every little bit of progress that we make puts them further down the road and they start learning. And then that puts their children further down the road. And that continue, that blessing of that continues for many, 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 many generations. Yes. Because, you know, life is just a series of a lot of relationships, right? And so, um, we have to put the work in, right? It, it, the the depth and the intimacy we have in relationships is is completely related to the amount of effort and work we yes. put into that. And so, you know, we 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 just have to approach it that way. And our siblings and our parents and our families, like that, is a place that we should put in a lot of work, it is. right? And that is the work of it that will produce really good relationships. Yes. And so, you know, in our our kids, I mean, they're sponges, right? They 
they absorb things and we say this a lot, but our kids do, um, they do what we do. Yeah. They do what they see us do. They don't do what we say to do. Yes. Right. And so a lot of times, and this is why what we say and what we do have to line up Yes, because we can talk to a blue in the face and tell them how they're supposed to be doing it. But then if we blow up and go off at them, that is the behavior they are going to absorb and they are going to repeat. Right. So in a very practical way, the way that you do you shift this in your family is you you start looking at yourself and, and i think yeah. this self reflection of of thinking about your family in in a bigger way right looking at these goals and these this this vision for your family that's bigger than these little little you know quarrels it's like we have the opportunity to to do so much here and teach them how to do relationships so you start thinking about that and then you have times where an argument happens and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, this is one of those moments, right? Yes. So you, you, you try to respond in a different way than you have before. It's not going to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But it's different, right? Yes. And, and your kids will start to recognize those differences and they will start to pick up on it. And, and I think when we, when we do those things and we do them incorrectly, um, or at the wrong heart, or you know, we show anger, or, or all those things. We ha- have to apologize, yes. and I think this is one of the biggest things that we've seen a difference in in mm-hmm. our kids and, and just how they respond to us. Is when you go off on your kids and and you lose it, and then you you come back and and try to justify that behavior. Man, that is teaching your kids a lot of things that mm-hmm. are not things you want to teach them. But when you come back and you say you humble yourself and you say, hey, I messed up and I did this thing and it was wrong and I'm going to apologize to you, that speaks volumes to your kids. It does. And that is how you hold relationships together. I, I don't think that there are really more powerful words that a, that a parent can say than I'm sorry mm. um, because of... Or, and will you forgive me even mm-hmm. more powerful, yeah, but just yeah. the, that process of showing a child that we're not perfect because if a child grows up just thinking you're perfect, mm-hmm. then when they mess up, they don't know what to do right, because right. they thought, they, they thought the whole point was that you just did it perfect in the <laughs> right, first place. Right. So they need to see the mistakes. They need to see you own the mistakes and they need to see you, um, desire to make the mistakes better, but you can say you're sorry and ask for forgiveness till you're blue in the face. If they don't see you change it, that can just be an equally devastating Mm -hmm. pattern of, I'm so sorry, I'll do better. I'm so sorry. I'll do better. I'm so sorry. It'll be different now. And then it's never different. That just leads to children seeing, Oh, people make a lot of promises that they don't right. keep. <laughs> right. And so it's so crucial that they see the entire pattern mm-hmm. of repentance, yep. a desire to do better, and then the change that comes from that conviction. Yes. And, you know, the enemy will always come at us with the shame. Mm-hmm. I've done this for so long. I've already ruined things. My kids' relationships are already broken. Our relationships are broken. I'm too far down the road. 
he'll come at us with the shame of that because that's his whole game. Right. Because he never wants us to understand the power that's right in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. He does not want us to see what could happen if we stopped that cycle Mm -hmm. and just said, from today, this is different. He's terrified that we will recognize that, that what is uh, available to Mm. us starting right now. And so even as you listen to this, if that is where your headspace starts Mm. to go, I just so encourage you to just ask the Lord for his voice, which is always a voice of, of hope and change and new beginnings and new mercies and new grace. And, and to speak into you just one way that you can do it different tomorrow. Like you said, Mm -hmm. just start switching out those words, start switching out those tones, start in that process. Even if it's sitting down with your children and saying, I have recognized that my vision for our relationships has been too small because mm. that's what was taught to me. Mm. And I, did, I didn't even have a picture of what this could look like. And I have one now mm. and let's do this yeah. together. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're already gone from home. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're teenagers. It doesn't matter what it is. There is always a place for that. It won't be easy yeah. and nobody's going to be like, Oh great. And then <laughs> it's just not a every, switch overnight. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be like that. That's years of, of, of doing it the other way. Mm-hmm. That's tr- everyone's entrenched in. Right. Um, but but this the change is, can happen. Yeah, and this is the purpose that we want to call our kids into, yes. right? It's like this is bigger than these little moments. And and I mean, you know, ask your kids to hold you accountable. Oh, they <laughs> I mean, will. They really like that, right? And, they do. and it's it's really interesting <laughs> how really good at it. They learn um, they learn what that looks like, right? And that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes because it's really hard when you know you're wrong and your kid pointed it out. Those are tough moments, right? And I think parents are so afraid that if they do things like that, they will lose their authority over Mm. their kids and their kids will lose respect for them. And the exact opposite is true. true. Now, obviously... Our kids are not allowed to, in a in an ugly way, mm, disrespectful way, be right. you know throwing things in our mm-hmm. face. But I will say, even if they say it incorrectly, I choose not to invalidate what they're saying because they said it incorrectly. Right. right. So I will work to point out that that needed to be handled right, differently. Right. But then I will still yeah, say, "You were still but, right." Yep. That's correct. And I see that, what you're saying to me, because I want them to see me taking ownership, Mm -hmm. that even something said in the wrong way, while they need to handle that part of the problem, my part of the problem still exists and does not go away because they said it wrong. Right. I don't get to respond in an ugly way because you started started this, right? I am the adult and I'm going to show, yes, even in that incorrect explanation of that. (laughs) I hear you. And, um, I was, I was so touched the other night because our teenager was talking to me and said something about just the way that we have allowed him to express Mm. some of those things in a very imperfect way Mm. through his early teen years. And he's, he just said, I so appreciate that I haven't had to just stuff all that down, but I've uh, been allowed 
to let some of that out mm-hmm. it, very imperfectly right, right. and and wrongly sometimes, mm. but and emotionally and angry and some of those yep. types of things. But he said, he he said, I don't do that now, not because I just know I shouldn't, but because it's not there yeah. anymore. Because you helped me mm. to process it. And I just got super teary because I thought, man, that's what I want to hear. Mm. Not he shoved that all down under a behavior modification technique, mm. Mm. but that he has been helped to walk through that anger. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal. Yeah. That's yeah. the goal. Like that's I, it. that is the thing is I want our kids to say, I have a loving relationship with my siblings, not because I was told I had to and made to do it a certain way, but because I get it. Mm. I see the purpose. I see that in my life. You see it in your life as adults. Mm -hmm. And I want the same for them. Thanks for spending time and connecting with us today. For more info and resources, visit us at onthedoorframes.com.